Welcome to another podcast with Intelligent Adventist. We're in the middle of a discussion in Mark chapter 4, where we were discussing the different soil types, and we were discussing um, the parable of the sower, and in particular, um, the, the preparation of the soil. So, going back to our discussion on evangelism, and what you were discussing about living with, with the people for a while, I want to bring up this, uh, this key point in my mind. And that has to do with a living example. So <clears throat> one of the things that is missing in our local Adventist churches today and the evangelism program that we do is that people don't have any real examples to live up to. So when they come to the church, they're usually brought by a friend and they sit and they listen to a seminar for 21 days, let's just say. And after those 21 days, there is no clue about how to be an Adventist. Um, I have known people, and this is usually poor preparation, but I have known people who have gone and gotten baptized and then said, hey, I can't stay any longer. I actually have to go to work. So in their mind, they saw no difference between Saturday and any other day of work. In other examples, I have seen people who've tried to get baptized, actually get baptized with a... Uh, with their cigarettes in their pocket. So they're still smoking and they want to get baptized. Now, this is a little bit controversial, I admit, because smoking is, is, is not a sin per se. It's more of a chemical addiction. And this person is trying to overcome a chemical addiction while there are people who are members who have never overcome their, their chemical addiction to alcohol or anything else, let's just say. But it is telling that somebody is trying to get baptized with their cigarettes. And when they're asked about it, they think that they're they're baptizing their habit as well. So that betrays a lack of understanding. Or even worse, I've, I've had people that thought that by getting baptized, God will give them the power to overcome their addiction, and then yeah. they get really discouraged when it doesn't happen afterwards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So those, those types of situations uh, demonstrate the problem where people have not learned to live. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain something here. Um, at least so that I can get this out. But in, in the biblical point of view for discipleship, the idea the, that Jesus had and the, the understanding that Jesus had about his disciples was that they would work with him and live with him and walk with him every day. And as they did, they would decide whether this life was going to be for them. And only when they decided that they were ready to die for their master that they began their learning of what his teachings were. So first there was just this introduction period. Hey, let me see if I even like this guy. And then what does he teach and what does he believe? And really, can I live this life, right? And it was an open invitation. Some people accepted Jesus. Some people said, no, you know, it's too hard. I can't do it. And they, they left. And Jesus was comfortable with them leaving. That's also another thing that's, that's important. Yeah. Jesus was, was comfortable with people leaving him. Now, it doesn't mean that he was happy, but what I'm saying is he let people go. Same thing is lacking in our church today, which is, one, people don't know what it's like to live a Christian, be a Christian. The second thing is that when people decide that it's not for them, we don't let them go. We just keep going after them for whatever reason. We think that, Maybe if they got to know us better, maybe they need to belong more. Maybe they need to, 
we need to show them more love or anything else like that. And sometimes that, that is true. The problem that I find is that people aren't given the choice to commit. And when they commit, they commit on very little information or not enough information. And when more information is provided to them, which involves the changes in their lifestyle, the changes in their habits, the changes in their the way they handle their finances, the changes in everything that they do, suddenly it dawns on them that this is more than what was involved, what they thought it was. And suddenly they decide, hey, you know what? It's not for me at this point, at this time. And part of that, that problem is for some of them, there is no example. And they come into the church and the examples are all bad in that people with their hang-ups and their baggage saddle those young people or those young disciples, let's just say, or new disciples with this baggage that they have, their, uh, their animosity to the, the church, their antipathy to the, the doc doctrines, their, uh, they're mad at the, the, the pastor or they're mad at the administration or they've got some other issue that's going on that they just put on these members. And after a while, these members are like, what did I fall into, right? And frankly, there are a lot better loving churches outside Adventism than there are inside it. And they just say, this is not for me and I'm gone. And they leave. I think people should be provided choice, but I also think that one of the things that's lacking in our Adventism today is that the example of living beside these people. All right, let's go on to the next uh, soil example. And that one is <clears throat> the ones that are sown among the thorns. So these are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Uh, yeah, I think the difference between this and the previous soil is that uh, one, the, the so basically the second soil in, in, in the list, that one is where people are initially excited, but then within within a few days or, or even weeks or whatever they for whatever reason they realize this is not for them and they leave. But this this third uh, category of people are people that's that accept the gospel, they come around, they, they maybe join the church or whatever, they go for a while, but then the the difficulties of life get to them eventually. Uh, you know, whatever life trials they have to whatever temptations and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, that's, th there's a little bit of a warning in, in this, in the sense that we, we should, um, as Christians, we need to continue to be mindful and not take for granted that everything is fine and we're never going to, you know, fall away or there's no risk for us to fall away. Um, because, you know, there's always some avenue that Satan can use to get through to us and we need to guard ourselves and, and um, kind of watch and see um, if there's something that can, you know, can make us stumble. Now, sometimes I think, you know, just like you said, you know, being a Christian for a long time really changes our perspective because <clears throat> uh, I've met a ton of people in my life, especially just because I'm all, I've, I've always been around evangelistic meetings, been around ministry, been around people that are doing some kind of evangelistic work. And I've seen people come in that are extremely excited about God. They're on fire. They're out there witnessing. They're out there doing all kinds of stuff. 
And, you know, sometimes I even look up to them and say, man, why couldn't I be that, this good a Christian? But wait five years, wait ten years, you know. Um, time really makes a difference. You know, I've, I've, time and again I've seen people that came in on one note and then five, ten years later they're nowhere to be found. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed um, with this particular soil is it's a competition of, of resources. So they this is one of many other things that is going on. So, and it just sucks the, just like thorns suck the vitality out of the soil. Um, these things suck the vitality out of these people. And it could be, it could be bad habits. It could be their work. It could just be their lifestyle. It could be the drama at home. It could be anything that they pay attention to. It just sucks their, their bandwidth. Yeah. And what ends up happening is the work suffers or, the, you know, the, the gospel suffers. Now, I'll give the flip side of this. The flip side is m probably more relevant to both of us than it is for most people. I think we went the other way, where we were so into the work for a while to where we just completely gave up on succeeding in, in life in general because we were so subsumed by the work itself. And the thing is, the only difference was that we weren't being paid. So it was hurting us in terms of our own finances and our own family life or whatever for a while there. But we were doing it because we felt compelled to do it because of the, the <coughs> either the way we thought about uh, history or the way we thought about, you know, the, the church in general or whatever it was. So we went the other way. Yeah. But a lot of people... They have all these competing things, and the gospel is just one of many. And because of that, um, if something is going to drop, it's going to be the the absent partner, you know, the Lord. Yeah. And and that's usually what happens, unfortunately. Now I'm going to pivot here for a second, and I'm going to talk about ministries. So in my lifetime, I have seen many young people start ministries, and those ministries go nowhere. And one of the reasons why they go nowhere is because at the baseline of everything that was being built, it wasn't built on the word, even though from the outside appearances, it felt like it was. But now looking back, I realized that it was, it was built, built on hype. It was built on emotion. It was built on uh, a, a false urgency. Um, it was built on a false narrative in many cases, and in some cases an errant theology, but and spiritual abuse. Let's just say that. But in many in many cases, it was just built on everything else but Jesus itself, himself. Yeah. And because of that, they had no chance of succeeding long term. And everything else that contributed to their failure was just a matter of time. Like their lack of planning, their lack of organizational skills, their own failings in life or whatever it was, like contributed to the, the demise of their ministry or the demise of their, their effectiveness or whatever it was. When I, when I look back on, on these particular ministries, I remember one of my friends, uh, Paul, once said that uh, he said that they were in for the sprint. Like there are people who are ready to finish the work if it meant finishing it in the next six months or the next year, 
But the minute it looked like it was going to be 10 years, or in our case, 22 years out, suddenly other things took priority and they're nowhere to be found. And that is, that's a loss of the church. It's a loss of the work. It's a loss to us personally because we were friends with so many of these people. Um, but more than that, it's a loss to the people that they knocked on doors to warm their hearts to the gospel and then abandon them. And those particular people are never coming back. And I've knocked on those doors later. I've knocked on those doors and they'd be like, oh yeah, uh, you came to my house five years ago and this is what you did or this is what you said. It's nothing. I really know it. it's nothing. And that's the sad part. So that's the, that's the problem that I see with this particular soil. Just the competition of resources. And it's built on everything but, you know, uh, Christ himself. So how can, you, how can you fix this stuff? Now, this, this part in itself is also, I don't know, it seems like it's a, it's a minefield. Because you have all these gurus talking about cleaning up the areas in your life. And one of the ways to do it is to go to the, the, the countryside, right? So everyone thinks that life in the country is, is easier, uh, it's simpler, and it's sin-free. But in reality, it's kind of like what Jesus said, where you run from the, the bear and the lion, and you finally reach the house of safety, and you lean against the wall, and the snake gets you. And in many times, I've seen this situation play out, where people run from all these temptations and then in the countryside they lean against their their cabin and then an affair gets them a sexual affair or whatever kind of affair or bad theology and it gets them and then they're gone and they're gone for good and so there's there's that risk and i think um there has to be a balance in how you clear the the issues in your life the the problems in your life how you deal with those things, and prepare yourself for the work. I don't know if you have any particular thoughts on this particular aspect, but this is one of the issues that I've seen where people have so many things going on, but there's no template as to how to clear the soil or clear their life so that they can have something going. Uh, I, I think there's a lot that can be said here, but just two things that I think can be said quickly are one on the side of the people that do the ministry and bring people in and one on the side of the people coming in. So when people, the people that are ministering and trying to reach people with the gospel, uh, we need to encourage people to change their styles, to change their, their approaches to bringing people in and not to emphasize the hype, not to emphasize the, uh, you know, like we, we need a, a better ministry that doesn't make it all about, hey, uh, you know, we're on the very brink of this disaster and you better come in now. Or, or people that just like to get everybody excited and, you know, bring bring a hundred people into a room. And if you if you play around with their emotions long enough, you're going to get them to make decisions. And and maybe if you're an evangelist who's being paid or you're, you're hiring prospects or you're keeping prospects are based on how many people you convert, then you're motivated to do that. But we need to change that because it's not healthy. We can't. Uh, we can't do this work in such a way that uh, we get the quick decisions, we get the superficial decisions, at the, um, in contrast with getting actual in-depth conversions and people that are, have, a, have a real, make a real commitment and stick around. 
and you know like the real kind of convergence so that's on the part of the people doing the work of the ministry on the part of the people coming in it's the same idea like helping people understand that this isn't a sprint this is a lifelong decision and they need to pace themselves and they need to understand that it's not about like some emotional thing that they're experiencing now for a few minutes because they they went to some meeting or anything like that they went to to gyc for example or to some other major event with thousands of people and they're all excited that's great but that's not what's going to keep them they need to to develop daily practices where they constantly commit themselves to god and they they walk that walk and they walk in long term yeah i think i think the biggest thing that that i would say for this particular soil type is to realize that you are being introduced to a person first like it's jesus and he is actually a being he's actually someone who's a who's a you know a real live human being he's fully human you feel a god obviously yeah. but he's a real being and he has thoughts he has feelings he has uh things he wants to communicate to you and one day you're going to see him face to face and you're going to live with him forever i mean trillions of years are going to go by and you're not going to get exhausted so getting to know what he stands for what he believes what he is about who he is like what his attributes of his character are all these things matter and they can't be like figured out in like one hour right or 21 hours and so take your time right there's no rush the only rush comes in you you mentioned this tangentially but the only rush that comes in is the metrics that we impose on those evangelists or they impose on themselves like hey i've i've been on the receiving end of of phone calls or sales calls from evangelists saying i'd like to come to your church or i'd like to come to your ministry and i'd like to preach i have a close rate of this much or whatever and it's just like who are you like really you know what are you trying to accomplish here that's that's the problem that i see but going going back to what you said earlier about um taking the time there is no substitute for time revealing character there is no substitute and that is one of the key things about the soil as well and that is that the soil produces the harvest and it takes a while for that harvest to develop so going to the last one i guess we could cover in the next uh, episode but we'll cover how the good soil produces fruit and we'll talk about that in, in the next episode